Hello everyone, welcome to Morning Coffee with Jesus. I have my guest speaker in person, which makes Yay. me so happy. Christy Patty, I have known her since I was a little tiny little one, like I was what? four. Four, okay, I was like, I knew I was really young. Yeah, so four, I'm not gonna tell you how old I am now, but I've known her for a really, really long time. And they are amazing, their whole family, so you guys are in for a treat. But we're gonna be talking about overcoming every battle. Christy, kind of share a little bit about you know where your background is, where you guys live, because y'all don't live here in Texas. Sure. So kind of let everyone know a few things about you. Um, well, I'm a retired nurse. I retired in 2021. Not that I wanted to, but God told me to, um, which is another battle. <laughs> um, we have two children. We have two son-in-laws. We have two daughters. We have two grandchildren. We like twos. Um, and we fine. do live in Springfield, Illinois. So, woohoo! But they got the cold state. Well, yeah, this winter's not been bad though. Okay, good, good. Yeah. That's a good thing. I know Texas has been kind of strange recently, but yeah. you have the winds. We don't have the wind oh, like y'all do. True, that's true. But yeah. you have snow. We don't get snow. We've only had what two inches, I think, this year. Oh gosh. Okay. So yeah, so we haven't had lot. much at all. Interesting. Mm -mm. Well, we want to share with everyone. You recently went through a very big experience. I did. And. I believe that what the Lord showed you in those moments is going to be able to impact people's lives who are watching this. So you can start all the way back at the beginning if you want, kind of let us know and then I'll kind of stop in between and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, like I said, I retired in March of 2021, but that was like a six month battle um, because I wasn't ready to retire. I was hoping to go to age 60. Hello, yes, I'm 60. Um, I was hoping to go to age 60, but the Lord was telling me, um, you need to get out now after 39 years. And I, you know, I really wasn't ready. My job was my ministry. So I thought, well, I'm losing everything. Yeah. You know, so I did retire. And, you know, the first week I did nothing but sleep, which felt really good. And after that, I'm like, okay, now what am I supposed to do? I'm used to working 40, 50 hours a week. And now I have nothing. Yeah. So, you know, and I was angry at the Lord, you know, and I told him, I'm mad at you. You know, you've taken everything. And so he led me. Sorry. No, you're fine. He led me to Ruth. And in, there's only four chapters. And in the fourth chapter, it says that Ruth had gotten pregnant and Naomi was living with them. So Naomi's the grandma. And she was living with Ruth and Boaz and helping to raise the child. And Boo, uh, who was Obed, which was then like a great grandfather, I believe, to King David. So, you know, the Lord told me, You don't know the impact a grandparent has on a grandchild. So we said, I want you to be available for your grandchildren. So that was in March. So we, you know, my kids don't live near us. They're about 90 miles away, my grandchildren. So, you know, but we were available whenever they needed us to come up and watch them or pick them up from school or take them during the summer for a time. And then in November, well, October 24th, actually, um, my husband had been sick 
and then I got sick and we had COVID. And um, we went to the ER on October 29th and my husband got admitted, but I did not because I wasn't sick enough yet. And they just told me, come back when you're sick enough. So that was, um, he was in for a week or 10 days. And on November 2nd, I went in and um, that was just very odd um, because I was home by myself and if you've been through COVID, um, time is just a vapor. You have no idea what day it is, what time it is. It's a fog. You're just living a fog. And, but on, it was a Tuesday morning and I was laying on the bed and I'm like, okay, I've got to get a shower. I don't feel good. I've got to go to the hospital. And it, it took me an hour to take a shower and an hour to put my clothes, my clothing on. And I laid on the bed and I guess I fell back asleep or something. And it was like somebody physically shaking me in my face. You have got to get up and go to the ER before noon. You have to be there before noon. And I, I drove myself um, because I didn't know who to call. I mean, we have yeah. elderly neighbors. My mother's elderly. I certainly didn't want to give it to them. I didn't want to call an Uber because yeah. then they're exposed. So what do you do? You just drive yeah. yourself. And it, it was very odd because there, with, for me anyway, with the COVID, there's like no depth perception. Mm -hmm. So like I would pull up to a stop sign and just keep going and end up in the middle of the mm -hmm. intersection, which thank goodness our town is not like Texas. And yeah, you know, <laughs> there, there's people, but not everybody everywhere five lanes wide yeah. so you know it's like oh i'm in the middle of an intersection i guess i better just keep going yeah. so yeah finally ended up you know at the hospital went through the er and then it was like the clowns coming out of the cars because they're like oh you're sick mm -hmm. yeah i tried to tell you that yeah <laughs> yeah so i got admitted and um i was there for 30 days 30 days i was on the COVID floor then to icu then on the COVID floor then to icu so it was a back and forth battle and the time the two times that i was in icu they called my husband three times to come in because i wasn't going to make it through the night oh, wow. yeah yeah so yeah it was it was intense so from um a nurse perspective yes do you in that experience were you thinking that they could have done something different or should have done something different or just the fact that nobody kind of knew what to do at that point? Well, no, I think, I think they knew, I, I believe they knew what to do. Um, I couldn't tell you from a nurse perspective because I had not worked with COVID patients because I was outpatient. Okay, I was currently working outpatient when I retired. So we were pretty shielded in that response because if you came in sick, you were sent home okay. patient wise, or if they came in with a fever or a cough, you're not getting treated today, go home. Gotcha. So I was very shielded. I didn't know like the protocols for yeah. COVID, but um, I couldn't have thought about it anyway because my mind was just a fog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I know um, there's been a lot of people, I'm sure, who are watching too, who've had COVID. Right. Um, the extent of it can go from minor to major. Right. And so there's all in between as well. But in those moments, I know you probably had some thoughts going through your mind of, you know, am I going to make this? Is 
you know, what's going on, especially I'm sure when they brought your husband in, you were thinking, what's going on? So was fear trying to set in in those particular moments? Well, first of all, Joe was admitted before I was by about four days. So I never saw him. Okay. He was in a, you know, he was in a different room. We were all rooms by ourselves. Um, the Lord, okay, we all know that we live in this world that we can see, feel, and touch. But there's also a supernatural, spiritual world. And um, the Lord did come to me at some point and ask me if I was ready to come home. He said, I have your rooms ready. Are you ready? And I said, no. Um, as much as I love you, Lord, you promised me eight months ago that I would see these babies, see my grandchildren to be raised. And that was only eight months ago and you haven't given me enough time. So no. And he said, well, okay. Um, but you may not look the same. You may not be able to do what you've done in the past. And I didn't ask any questions. I just said, okay, that's fine. I will be here to see my grandchildren. And that's, that's the way it is. So. So the thing that I like that you're talking about is the Lord came to you and was talking to you personally. Right. And he will talk to each one of you right. personally as well. And he gave you a choice like yes. he always does. Just right. like when we accepted him into our heart, we had a choice, choice right. to accept him or to do our own thing until we right. decided we wanted him. And you told him, not yet. I still want to spend some time here on the earth with my family. Right. My ministry's not complete. After those, you said, Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to continue on. Then there was a shift, right? I believe you were telling my mom, um, there were some different things that happened. Some even more attacks ended up True. trying to come into the room with you. Right. Um, kind of share a little bit about that. Um, well, I deal with spiritual warfare quite a bit. So I have seen demons. I've seen angels. The Lord has allowed me to see um, angels and demons. And I have encountered some of these demons on a multiple occasions. And one was a very high-ranking um, demon. Satan kind of has his kingdom, per se, as kind of a pyramid you, where you have to look up to him, where Christ came to earth so we can be, be parallel, but that we can see him on a parallel plane instead of having to look up all the time. Satan does not do that. And so his, he's got his demons in kind of a militaristic style where you have the, the ones toward the bottom have littler pieces of ground mm -hmm. to influence. Then as you get higher in the pyramid, there's, they have a greater influence. So number two demon and I have fought before. Um, and that's the one that kept coming in to my room. Um, they really, the doctors really wanted to put me on the ventilator, put an arterial line in, put me on the ventilator. I am, but then they said, but you're the kind will never get off the ventilator. So your life will be, you'll have a tracheotomy in your throat to breathe. You will be ventilator dependent. You will have a feeding tube. You will be nonverbal. Wow. 
And I said, well, that's not acceptable. We're not doing that. Um, try again. Um, but number two demon, of course, would come and, and feed that. Yeah. Yeah. And so my, f I did have fear at one point, um, but it wasn't fear that the Lord would heal me because he said mm -hmm. that I would survive this. Right. My fear was that I did not hear correctly or that I didn't have enough faith to get me through to that point. Gotcha. It was never, it was never doubt that Christ would do what he said he would do. Right. Ever. Never. You know, we do that a lot <laughs> to where the enemy will. He comes to talk to us because he's trying to find out the areas where we're the weakest. weakest right. Because he knows if he can find some way in, then it's going to be easier for right. him to start pulling down those walls. Right. Um, I think of like, you know, natural kids when they're rough housing, you know, they start out playing and no big deal. And then the next thing you know, windows broke, you know, maybe the sheetrock's punched out or something because someone got knocked into it. Well, that's kind of what the enemy does to us to where he tries to come in and seem so, you know, subtle. And it starts with our thoughts. He mm -hmm. wants to cause separation between what we believe in the Word of God. And so if you guys are in that state to where you're having problems with your thoughts, take it back to the Word of God, pull it open and say, no, what does God's Word say? Right. That's what the enemy is telling me. So what is the truth? What does God's Word say? And so taking it back, um, it's in 2 Corinthians where it talks about taking every thought captive and bringing it into the obedience of Christ. Right. That's a daily thing that we have to do. We have Sometimes. to take those thoughts captive and literally bring them into the obedience of Christ. Right. Because just because we take a thought captive, if we don't know how to bring it into the obedience of Christ, it's just you're holding a thought hostage. Correct. And it's not going to change. We have to know the Word of God in order to replace that negative thought with God's thoughts. And so in those moments when, you know, the enemy was coming trying to get you thinking the wrong things, you made a choice again. So this is your second choice that you're making now right. to where I'm, I'm choosing to stay here on this earth right. and I am choosing not to believe the lies of the enemy is trying to feed me. Now, if I could comment, yeah, the, what you were talking about, taking captive every thought, that's what they call the eight inch war between your brain and your heart. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's we've heard that several times. And number two, um, what you had brought up was the enemy does try to get you off by yourself. Well, that was quite easy to do during the COVID oh, days absolutely. because you were in a room by yourself. You couldn't have visitors. You know, um, I could have one visitor a day, but it had to be the same person in that day. Oh. So if my husband came, my daughter could not. If my daughter came, my husband could not. And they could only be there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. They could come and go. Right. But then you had from 8 p.m. the dark yeah. till 8 a.m. the next morning before you had your family back at the earliest would be 8 a.m. to right. have your family back to encourage you again. So you've got medical people which deal with the carnal. Mm -hmm. Your body is not going to make it. But my spirit is saying, yes, I am going to make this. And you better get on board because this yeah. is what we're doing. But you have all of that coming from medical staff because they're looking at the monitors. They're looking at your numbers and they're thinking, you're not going to make it. Yeah. But, you know... And you're by yourself all the time. And so it was very easy for the, for the demon to come in 
Right. See, I told you, you're not going to make it. They told you, these doctors are more educated than you. You don't know what you're talking about. And it just, and he just picks and picks and picks until, you know. Yep, until you make that choice. Until yeah. you make that choice in the next hour or the next five minutes. Right, two yeah. seconds after that. Exactly. No, it is a constant battle. And it that's is. And what we're talking about, being able to overcome every battle. Right. The enemy will place small minor things that we have to overcome and the big things. Right. So he, like I said at the beginning, finds where we're the weakest. True. So he can come in and start taking that apart to where it makes another area become weak. weak. Mm -hmm. So slowly but surely he's trying to disarm us. Correct. Trying to take off all the armor that the Lord gives us in Ephesians. And as he begins to pull those pieces off, now he's like, okay, now I've got them where I want them. Right. And it does lead to death right. so much faster than people realize. But thankfully, you did overcome. <laughs> I did. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But there was another instance that I remember you sharing about um, you thought your granddaughter had come up to the hospital to see you. Right, which I knew she couldn't because she was underage, but it was during that 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. in that dark, still part of the night that I was laying in the bed, and of course I have to sit straight up to breathe mm -hmm. and had oxygen and all kinds of stuff going on, and the door to the room was there at that end. And all of a sudden, if you've been in a hospital, you know you've got a rail at the top and a rail at the bottom, but there's a little space in between. Right. And all of a sudden, I look over, I hear a giggle. And I look over, and there's my granddaughter, like this. Hi, Nana. Hi. With her little little chubby hands. She was three at the time. Little chubby hands up there. Hi, Nana. I said, Liza, what are you doing? She'd come to see you. I said, okay. And she goes, bye, Nana. And she walked out behind the, this way, through a wall. Hi. And I'm like... Okay. Well, thank you, Lord. That was encouragement. I was kind of lonely today. Yeah. And all of a sudden she comes back. Hi, Nana. And she's bringing an angel with her. And she puts the angel by my bed and goes out again. Bye, Nana. But comes back in. Hi, Nana. Brings another one. And this went on for a long time. And there was, I'm sure, behind me too, but every point on my bed, like where the two rails came together and the foot of the bed, and I'm sure at the head, but I couldn't see them, there was at least three angels plus more I, that I couldn't see because it was kind of a foggy right. thing. Um, and they looked to be like um, the first night, because this went on for a while, the first night they looked to be like young ladies that were like 8 to 10 in earth years here. Okay. All races, all dressed in pink in different shades, between blush and a fuchsia. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, I'm like, okay, what's going on? And so... Um, yeah, my daughter, my granddaughter left, and I'm like, I'm trying to talk to these young ladies. I'm like, what, what's going on? What are we doing? And nobody would talk to me. I'm like, okay. And I just, okay. And they were there all night. I mean, and so then the next night, same scenario, except these girls were 12 to 15 age. And they were also in pink and all races, all ethnicities, everything. And finally, one that looked like she was maybe 17, she came and, and she was like this close mm -hmm. to me. And she started talking. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? And she said, hi, my name is... And it, then my hearing went off. I couldn't hear what her name was. 
and then she'd talk and, and it was almost like she was muffled mm -hmm. and then it came, the sound came back in. And so tonight we're going to stand around because the Lord feels like there's um, an increase in the battle coming. So we're going to stand guard with you tonight and protect you while I wasn't sleeping, but right. <laughs> through the night, you yeah. know. Okay, I mean, what do you say when right. when they tell you you're, there's angels? And you can see them around your bed. Like, okay. So then the third night, it was males, men, young men, like um, late teens, early 20s, all dressed in combat fatigue with combat boots on. And I have I knew some of them because we had been in battle before mm -hmm. together, and so I called them a couple of them by name, and and the one that's kind of the head, it's like, you are not to know what's going on. I'm like, okay, but I want to know what's going on. <laughs> you are not to know what's going on. We're here to we're here for the night. The Lord says this is the height of the battle for tonight. You are not to know what's going on. Just we've got you. Just you're protected and just let it go. I said, okay, but it's really hard to let it go. <laughs> You're like, let me in there. Yeah, let me tell me what's going on. So, yeah, that was that was three nights of heavy duty. I wasn't involved in it. They protected and did all of it, but I knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah you know, the, the Bible also tells us that the battle is the Lord's. True. So sometimes we do. We try and fight that battle, right. and we want to get right up there and be like, no, let's take this on and we're not prepared in those moments when we're trying to use our physical ability to come against something spiritual. Right. And my dad's always said this, and I'm sure you guys have heard him say it, to where in this natural realm, our physical ability, we're no match for Satan. Right. But in the spirit, he's no match for, for us. Yeah. So when we understand there's two different ways to fight a battle right a physical battle or a spiritual battle right and the word also tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers yeah so think about that yeah. what battle are we fighting a lot of times people are fighting a natural battle when they have a symptom when they have a bad report when they have a, a financial problem they are fighting a battle naturally because they're like well we need to get you know a promotion so we can make more money to pay the bills we need to find you know this cure for this we need to do this and it's a constant them trying to overcome with their own strength right and we're not going to be able to do it that way right we have to turn to the Word of God and find out, Lord, I need you to help me fight this battle. Right. We've got to find the underlying thing in here because there's always a root to everything. Correct. So we have to find out where is it that we can stop, with God's Word, the enemy. Because if we're... I mean, we can think of something simple. If someone comes up to you and they're in a bad mood and they start saying, you know, horrible things to you, yes, that's a natural thing and we can get offended by that, right? Correct. But if we pause and think, there's something going on in their life that I don't know about that's feeding them to respond this way, now we're going to respond differently to that. We're not going to get an offense. We're not going to say back some things that maybe they were saying to us, but we're going to be able to respond with love in those moments because we know 
you're they're hurting something's going on right. that I don't know about so I need to pray and intercede for that person so they can overcome the battle that they're currently going through correct so as we kind of get back to um, your story here after those angels came those three nights and um, I know we were talking about your granddaughter too even though she wasn't there in the natural you called your daughter, is that right? I think I texted her. I think um, because I couldn't, I couldn't talk because I was so short of breath. But I did text her and I said something about um, Eliza came and put, brought angels to me last night or something to that effect. And so she said, I heard later she said to Eliza, "Did you take angels to Nana?" And she's like, "Yeah, in pink." So, wow, her spirit must have been very aware of what was going on. Because at the time, her favorite color was purple. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, for a three-year-old, that, that makes yeah, a difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Now, I love that, that even though in what we would consider, you know, our natural realm, you saw your granddaughter come and bringing those angels in. Right. That would have been naturally impossible because right. she wasn't allowed in the hospital. However, when you when they talked to your granddaughter in person she knew exactly what took place in those moments right and i think that's so interesting that even though you're not somewhere like what we would call physically spiritually we can be right. somewhere that's why the power of prayer is so important, important. we don't even there's so much depth to it so when we're praying and interceding for people, and you could probably touch a lot more on this, when we're praying and interceding for someone, even if they're in a completely different place, we can send our angels on assignment. Right. And it can actually go and protect and right. help whoever it is that we're praying and interceding for. Correct. Um, kind of share a little bit, if you, you can, on... Um, interceding for people like how because I know we say that but for people who don't really understand what interceding is maybe you can kind of help them coach them out a little bit well it's kind of inter intercession is kind of like a bridge between somebody like you had spoken of before about somebody was in a bad mood have and they obviously have a problem yeah but they're not going to share that problem with you right, right so you're kind of a bridge between Lord reveal that problem either to them or Lord, just help them through this. And I don't know what the problem is, and I don't need to know right. what the problem is. I just need to pray for that person, whether it needs healing or whatever the Lord needs to do for them, mm -hmm. then I just ask the Lord, just do that. And sometimes, you know, an intercession can be two, three minutes, and sometimes it can go on for days, yeah. uh, depending on what that person's dealing with. And you may never know at all yeah you know it could be a missionary around the world it could be a co-worker we have no idea but sometimes the Lord will just lay somebody on your heart mm -hmm. that you need to pray okay what am I praying you don't need to know just pray okay yeah. and you just pray pray in the spirit would be the best Absolutely. if you are filled with the Holy Spirit but you know yeah you're kind of a bridge bridge in between the problem and God the solution and just to build that bridge now I love that because that's why it's so important that each one of the body of Christ is working as a unit. unit. Right. Because if we're trying to, well, I've got to do all these things and this is what I do, 
but we're not coming together to think about others, right. then we're missing so much. Right. And if we're going to get to a place to where we become the glorious church, which is what we have to do here in this end time, is we've got to learn how to let each person in the body use the gifts that they have. And the church, if I can interject yeah, here, the church is not just where you go to worship. Absolutely. We're talking worldwide church. Yes. You know, worldwide church believers, not just your local community. Absolutely. No, this is, it's going to have to take the yes. entire place for massive change to take place. Right. Now, we know that, you know, once we get into the book of Revelation and thing like that, there's stuff that we can't prevent um, because it's written in there. It's going to take place. Right. But we can right now help the process of certain people so they don't have to experience some of the things it's talking about. Right. To where people's eyes can be revealed. They do accept Christ so they don't have to go through some of the things that it's right. talking about in there. Um, but overcoming battles like we're talking about in your particular example, after... You know, you kind of saw all this taking place with the angels and your granddaughter and all this stuff. What happened to the point to where you were able to actually go home? Like from that moment to getting home, what happened in well, between there? Do you remember? Um, I feel like there was a big shift after the three nights of the angels, especially after the men, the young men were there. Mm -hmm. There was just a big shift in my condition, I felt like. Um, there was a couple other times the Lord brought, and it was the Lord himself. My granddaughter was up on his shoulder, and she was singing and waving her arms and just being herself and giggly. And so they left, and when he came back, she was all curled up asleep in his arms. And he gave her to an angel and said, put her to bed. She's done for tonight. And then he sat on the edge of my bed and, and worked on my lung. I don't know what he did, but right. enough to that I am now healed. And, Praise the Lord. Yeah. Going Back from when you got home, okay. what was the, was there other attacks that happened in those moments? Or were mm -hmm. you just like, I know we are on home stretch here? Well, the, um, there really weren't any more attacks <clears throat> after those three nights um, at all. It, it was always a, well, I shouldn't say always. It was a battle with the physicians because they were still very much wanting me to go on the ventilator. Right. And, um. <laughs> I was on a lot of steroids at the time. Well, steroids can make you more aggressive, let's say. <laughs> and so, that yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after several days of IV uh, steroids, you know, when he would come in every day, you, you're not going to make it. You have to go on the ventilator. There is no hope for you. And I finally said, after several days, I said, we have been over this. And, and I had legal papers. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a living will. I had power of attorney papers. And in that, and we had made that out. Gosh, we were probably in our 30s, you know, so five years ago. Um, <laughs> We were probably in our 30s when we made these papers out that said, we're not doing all of this extensive yeah. stuff. And they had a copy of it. And he and I would talk. Every morning he would come in. You're not doing well. Your numbers are bad. You must go on the ventilator. You need this. I said, we're not doing this. We're not. No. No. 
let me fight another day. Well, finally, after a few days of steroids, I really got firm and I said, look, we have talked about this every day. Every day I have told you I am not doing this. The Lord is moving, the Lord is working, and you either get on board or get out of my room. That's your choice. And that's the only choice. We are not going on a ventilator, period. End of discussion, make your decision. Well, apparently that got around the hospital. Uh -oh. <laughs> Crazy person in the room. Yeah, because once I got out of intensive care, and I got great care in it. I got great, great care in intensive care unit. I really did. Um, but I had moved out of there into a step-down unit, and one of the respiratory therapists that I had in intensive care was my respiratory therapist okay. in the immediate care. And she came in. She was from... Jamaica or somewhere, Belize or something, mm -hmm. and she's like, girl, I heard all about it. And I'm like, heard about what? And she re related this, and she said, you are the news all over oh the God. hospital. She said, you are my princess warrior. Aww. She said, you stand where the Lord tells you to stand. So, oh, I love it. Yeah. So isn't that cool how even in a moment to where you are really battling, the Lord is using that, what the enemy meant for evil, well, he's turning it for good. Now, God didn't put it on you. We know that Satan's the right. one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to make sure everyone who's watching understands that God did not, not no. do this to her. Um, he's the one that brought her through the battle. Absolutely. Absolutely. But in those moments, you were a living testimony of God's goodness and his faithfulness to everybody in that hospital. Right. Even people that you don't even know heard about your situation. Right. How it may have impacted their life. Right. It's amazing. And we'll know. never know that. Absolutely. We don't and have that's to. okay. Yeah. yeah. Once yeah. you get to heaven, you'll know. Right. <laughs> but, so you got home. I got home. And were you kind of just step-by-step step, kind of getting back to um, fully recovering or was there different things to where you, you couldn't do certain things? Well, I couldn't do certain things. I was on oxygen. Um, I went home on the maximum amount of home oxygen that, that they would allow. Um, it would take me about 20 minutes to go from the couch to get into the restroom. 20 minutes and I'd have to sit twice okay. because I got so short of breath and then the same thing coming back. Um, so yeah, it was, it was still a battle and some days it's still a battle. You know, there are days, especially stairs. I are, I can do them. I just get very short of breath. Right. I sound like a steam engine coming oh. up, but you know, I'm walking them. I'm doing it. Um, it's funny that you say this because I just went to the doctor for my year, um, just a year follow up. Okay, gotcha. So that was in December. And she said, yeah, the first time you came in here, she said, I thought, she is not going to live. Oh, wow. And she will never get off this oxygen. And it's just the Lord's healing. It's just, it's just the wow. testimony. Yeah. And I had a song, because um, I had contacted you and your mom, and you had sent me scripture. And so I played that on my phone all night long when I was by, really by myself. Yeah. And, um, and then I had that song rattled. If you know oh, that yeah, song, Rattle, that was my battle song, all, and I would loop it between the scripture and then rattle, and then scripture and then rattle, and it would be all night long. Because with steroids, you don't sleep either, so, yeah. you know, 20 minutes of sleep in two days, and so you had lots of time to yeah. <laughs> listen to scripture and have the song rattled. Oh so. my gosh. No, I, just hearing your story, like, it's amazing that the Lord can, you know, 
be with you in those moments right. to where you can go without sleep because if anyone's ever gone without sleep, <laughs> my husband will attest to this that I can get real snappy if I don't get sleep. And that's what will happen right. to where you, you're trying, the body gets real weak if we don't get the proper right. rest that we need. On top of, you know, symptoms and other things right. going on, it can completely drain you. But I love that you, even when you should be sleeping and you couldn't, you were putting the word in. You right. were filling yourself back up. So just because the enemy was trying to keep pulling and taking out of you, you were filling yourself back up with the word of God. Right. Which is vital yes. in order to overcome a battle. And, and to keep going in the battle. Absolutely. Yes. Because you can get discouraged for sure. Oh, absolutely. When you when you're by yourself, I never saw sunlight for 23 days. Oh, wow. No sunlight, no outside light, nothing. All I had was the sterile hospital lights. And it was Thanksgiving Day that I moved out of intensive care and I moved up to this room that had a huge window that looked outside and Aww. it was fall and I love fall on all the color the trees were turning mm -hmm. and I was on the seventh floor so I had a panic panoramic view of all the colors changing and the leaves and that's awesome yeah it was like oh thank you god my first my first glimpse and it's fall and it's beautiful Aww. and then I had sunrises every morning you know that's so you awesome. start each day with a sunrise and thank you lord for another another day so I love it. No, and so you got home. Yes. And you are doing so much better. You are well. You guys drove all the way from Illinois here to Texas. In April. And I was still on oxygen at the time, but I was fighting hard not to use it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So were, was there any moments in between to where you had thoughts of, I am going to be on oxygen for a long time. No. Okay, good. No, the Lord had shown me a picture. I mean, he, I know he told me you may not be able to do the things that you used to do, which is true, but it's minor things at this point. Yeah. Um, but he showed me a picture of me without oxygen, standing on a platform, standing on a stage talking. That has not come, but no oxygen has come. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been since <clears throat> April. I got off of off my oxygen in April. Wow. Now, probably should have a few times put it back on, but I'm like, we're not, no, we're not yielding to this. Yeah. This is, the Lord showed me I'm not using oxygen. I'm not going to be dependent on it. No, I'm not doing it. Just be a little short of breath and it'll be fine. And yeah. it was, and it is. But, you know, every day you're overcoming even yes. more and more until you do get to that final, well, maybe it's not your final picture, but the picture of you standing on that, right. that stage that you had. And, right. you know, the Lord may not give us the full details <laughs> leading up right. to a certain point. But when we have full trust and confidence right. in Him, we know, hey, that's where I'm going. Right. So that is an encouragement in itself saying, no, I don't have to give up in those in these moments. Right. This is where God said I'm going. It's like, you know, when he told the, the children of Israel, we're going to go to the promised land. Well, not all of them went into the promised land. Why? Because they didn't see it. They're like, you brought us out here to die. So right. they started seeing things differently than what he told them. And so if we get distracted and we start looking at different things and listening to the bad reports, like the doctors may be telling you, then your focus is not ever going to lead you 
to the destination that God had for you. He has a great plan for each one of our lives, but if we don't continue to say, no, this is where God said I'm going, right. so this is where I'm going, right? We can plug something into our GPS, but if we put the wrong address in there, we're gonna go the wrong way. So we have to know first where we're going in order to get there, which is why I love that you're sharing your story with us because, you know, this is this probably one of the biggest attacks that you oh, have ever absolutely. been through, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, when, you're li when your life is on the line, yeah. yeah. You're like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, too, you mentioned the children of Israel. Of course, they were only looking in the natural. Mm -hmm. So in the natural, yeah, they're they're in a desert. They absolutely. have no food. They have no water. What are we doing out here? But we're going to scorch and die. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't understand the plan. And sometimes God doesn't even give us a plan. Like with Abraham, <laughs> pack your stuff and go. Okay, where am I going? Just start heading and I'll tell you when you go. Okay, and that's scary. But you've got to trust that he always has your best interest at heart. Always, 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 always. And sometimes he's the only one in your life yep. that does. You know, there's a lot of abuse and discouragement and lies and deceit. And a lot of people like to use other people for their own advantage. Oh, yeah. You know, but God will never do that. He never does that. Absolutely. Which is, that's why, amen, there's so many good things about God. Yes. And every day we are learning more about how good He is and how much He loves us. Which is wonderful because we can read this Bible 10 million times and get something new out of it. And be like, right. wow, I didn't, I read this verse, but now it's like a light bulb. Exactly. It comes alive to you. And I know, I was talking to a coworker the other day to where she's like, you know, I grew up in church and I've heard this scripture over and over again. She's like, but until I was actually going through a certain situation, it's like now that scripture, she recalled it because she heard it so many times, but she's like, now it actually had more meaning to her because she was able to apply it in real exactly. life. And everything in here, we can apply it to our life if we want to see a good outcome. Right. So as we kind of wrap up this morning, is there any final thoughts or things that you want to share with those watching that might encourage them if they're currently going through a battle? Well, you just have to pray. You have to ask the Lord, what is this battle about? You know, because sometimes it's something we have done. Like, um, you go out for a night of drinking and get a DUI. Well, that's not God's fault. That's your right. fault. You sinned. For some people, one drink is too much. Oh, right. If you've battled alcohol before, you can't go back to it. It's like a dog going back to its vomit. You can't go back to it ever. Now, other people will argue that, but you have to know yourself. You know, I used to like to drink after work. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We would go hit because they had happy hour till 1, and I was working 3 to 11, so we had hour and a half, go get some drinks. We usually hadn't eaten any dinner, and they usually had, you know, chips and salsa, and yeah, you know, but I'm like, okay, this is really not too smart to be working and then go out drinking and then drive home and have a toddler at home who's going to be up in four hours, mm -hmm. and then you're all snappy and nasty. Well, it's not the kid's fault. It's your own fault. Right. You know, so we have to, you know, at some point we have to take accountability for what we've done. Other times it's just a battle because of Satan wanting to get between you and the Lord. And if he can put, like you've said before, if he can put that little seed of doubt, did he really, do, are you really saved? Mm -hmm. Are Is this, is that? 
and he separates you and causes that chasm, he can pull you away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we hope that this has encouraged you guys to know that you are able to overcome any yes. battle that the enemy tries to put on you. Knowing that Satan doesn't take a break, but you know what? We can put our angels on assignment. God will protect you. You have to believe his word, though. Just because we're up here sharing, you know, what we've experienced right. and what God has revealed to us, it's a matter of you have to believe it for yourself. Just like when you asked Jesus into your heart, you had to believe, you had to speak it out of your mouth before it became a reality. So same thing with the battles that you're going right. through. You have to believe, you receive, that God is on your side, that he is here to help yes. fight those battles with you, for you, and he will see you through. So we want to say thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next week.